The passage that we're going to hear from um, shortly is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7 verses. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun, Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Father God, these are such wonderful words. Um, we hear them at the, particularly at this time of year when we anticipate the first coming of your son. Lord, familiar though they may be, your Holy Spirit can teach us something new every time we, we read even the most familiar of passages. And so we ask, Lord, for your anointing on Martin as he comes to speak. May you speak to us through him, and may we have hearts that are open and willing to respond to what you have to say to us. Amen. Thanks, Alison. <clears throat> and thanks, um, thanks, Abby, for that testimony. That was really, really great and really helpful. Um, Whatever you wanted uh, an illustration of light and dark, you, you have it there, don't you? Um, of course, we're getting into the season of uh, um, long hours of darkness and short hours of daylight. I'm one of those people who likes the light, and so I try and get out as much as I can uh, walking when it's when it's light just to get some uh, vitamins into me um, but it's been shown hasn't it um, through uh, seasonal affective disorder that light is uh, good for us it's good for the brain good for the hypothalamus and uh, light apparently sort of uh, helps helps mood and uh, has a has a, a, a physical impact on the brain as well so light is good for us and of course, that's why uh, Jesus said, of course, I am the light of the world. Um, light in its fullest sense. Um, and light in the Bible is a metaphor for God's presence. Uh, God is light. It's what scripture says, isn't it? God is light. So to have the light is to have God's presence. And to have God's presence is to have joy, 
fullness, meaning, purpose, contentedness. Um, to not have God's presence is to lack those things. Um, I don't know about you, but this time of the year, with the long hours of darkness, always reminds me that there are people in our, in our families, people in our work situations, um, friends, neighbours who don't have the light of Christ. There are people who are living without the presence of God in their lives. Um, they don't know the joy, the contentedness, the peace, the meaning, the purpose, the fullness that God's presence can give. If you're a Christian, you have God's presence, God's light, the Holy Spirit living in you. And God's Holy Spirit living in you gives you joy and peace and contentedness and meaning and purpose and fullness of life. And that's something that we should want to share, isn't it? That's something that we should yearn for others to have. But the light of Christ was spoken about some 700 years before he was born into the world by the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah was so certain that this would be fulfilled that he spoke in the perfect past tense. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. So 700 years before that light actually dawned and Jesus walked the earth, Isaiah prophesied the certainty of God's promise that the light of the world was coming into the darkness. And this prophecy came to God's people when they were lost in total darkness. The mighty Assyrian Empire had already taken captive the northern tribes of Israel, including the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. And now the Assyrians were threatening the southern kingdom of Judah too. And this had all come about because the kings of Judah and Israel had not been faithful to God's covenant. They'd worshipped other gods, they'd not kept God's laws, and God had always said to them that if they um, disobeyed him, and didn't keep his covenant, that they were in danger of exile. And of course, that had already happened to um, the northern kingdom in going into exile in Assyria. And now the southern kingdom, Judah, was under threat too. But the word of hope and good news here is that God, despite the darkness of the sin of his people, has not abandoned his people and will not abandon them. God prophesied through Isaiah that God would, that he would bring the time of attack and invasion from foreign armies to an end. Verse 5, every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. So even those that end up in exile, which Judah did in Babylon, of course, God will not forget them, but he will rescue them. He will set his people free even from exile. And in fact, the very place where the invasion of Israel began, Zebulun and Naphtali, was the very place 700 years later where Jesus would begin his public ministry. Um, as Matthew uh, sees the fulfillment in Matthew chapter 4, verse 12, look at this. Oh, yeah, I, I need to read this bit out. Sorry, Carol. <laughs> I'm looking at you. It's not your fault. It's, it's here. 
I'm going to read this out. Matthew 4, verse 12. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Jesus fulfilled this prophecy of Isaiah. He went and ministered in the very places that were in darkness 700 years before. And he brought his light to transform the darkness. As he healed the sick, as he cast out demons, as he preached the good news of the kingdom in that northern area of Israel, the light was transforming the darkness. Joy was coming and setting people free. And not only that, the nation of Judah would be multiplied as Gentiles were also invited into God's covenant people. Jesus then was the child prophesied by Isaiah who would bring a new time of God's rule and peace to earth. Verse 6, for to us a son is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus was a child. He was a son who was born to Mary and Joseph. He really was 100% human. But he was also mighty God. God in the flesh. Fully God and fully human. This wonderful fourfold name. Wonderful counsellor. Mighty God, everlasting father. Prince of peace. This was no ordinary king. David's reign on the throne was temporary. Jesus' reign as a descendant of David will be permanent and everlasting. His reign will not come to an end. And this king, King Jesus, would extend the borders of Israel to include uh, Gentiles too. Verse 3, you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. I think Isaiah's trying to tell us something in that verse, don't you? Yeah. About joy? Yeah. You know, when you read a scripture and you get a sense that, that there's a word that's being repeated and you sense that God wants to say something to his people about joy. Because joy accompanies light, doesn't it? Yeah. About four times joy is repeated or rejoice. God wants people his people, Christians, to be people of joy, right? Yes. People who enjoy and delight in his presence. People who experience his light and are transformed by his light. People who shine his light because they're full of joy and peace and contentment. This is good news, isn't it? You see, God didn't stay remote from the darkness and evil of the sinful world. That's why Abby had the confidence and faith to start praying and worshipping in the darkness of those two parks. Because she knew that Jesus, the light of the world, had entered into the darkness and transformed the darkness. And she knew that she was called to be the light of the world. That she carried the authority of the Holy Spirit to bring light to transform the darkness. 
Jesus experienced the darkness of this world like we can never understand. As he hung there on the cross in the darkness, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he hung in the darkness, carrying and bearing all of our sin, all of our evil, all of the fallenness and brokenness of a dark world. Jesus hung there to defeat and overcome the forces of darkness that have put him there on that cross. And Paul says in Colossians that he triumphed over the dark powers, making a public spectacle of them. When he rose from the grave, he, de he defeated death, the curse that was the result of our sin. He broke the power of sin and death when he rose from the grave. That's our Jesus. That's the one that we worship. He's the one who we trust in. He's the one who we delight in. He's the one who we worship. He's the one who gives us authority to be his light in the world. We live in a world of darkness, don't we? Big time. Economic concerns, how to pay the next bill, anxiety. People struggling with all sorts of things. Jesus is the light of the world. And Jesus transforms the darkness. Four reasons that I want us to grab a hold of this morning. He is the wonderful counsellor. Just take a moment to reflect on what these names mean for you and me. You see, Jesus brought supernatural counsel in his words from God. When Jesus spoke, he brought wonderful counsel. He was a wonder of a counsellor. And ultimately, the cross speaks of God's wisdom. Paul says, the foolishness of the cross is greater than human wisdom. When we experience Jesus, the person of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, we experience God's wisdom and counsel. He comes and he comforts. He teaches, he guides, because he is God. Second, Jesus is mighty God. Jesus is the mighty God because he has won the victory over sin and death and Satan at the cross. And through his resurrection, he's overcome the forces of darkness. And one day he's coming again to finally consummate his eternal kingdom. When he comes again, he will bring heaven down to earth and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth with no more crying, no more death, no more darkness, no more pain. That's why he's the mighty God. He has power over all of creation. And Jesus is everlasting father to us. His care for us is everlasting. It extends into eternal life beyond the grave. Nothing can pluck us from his hand. There's nothing I love more in many ways than being able to declare at a Christian funeral that God's love extends to that person beyond this life 
and that they will spend an immediate joyful, they will be in the joyful presence of Jesus for eternity, praising and worshiping in his light. No more darkness, no more pain. Jesus is Prince of Peace. The dividing wall of hostility between us and God has been broken down. We now have peace with the Father and Creator of the universe. That's real peace. But we still wait on earth, don't we? The end of persecution and pain and injustice. But one day, Christ will bring his perfect peace and perfect justice to the earth. The lion will lie with the lamb. The infant will play near the cobra's nest. There will be no more wars, no more injustice, no more pain, no more suffering. We will live in a perfected heaven and earth. This is no, this is, Jesus is not just a great teacher. He's not just a prophet. He is mighty God. He is the Lord of history. He is the sustainer and transformer of creation. He is so much bigger than all of the titles that the world gives him. These promises of his names assure us that in a world of darkness and lostness and hopelessness, the light has shone and nothing will extinguish it. I love the song with the line, the God of angel armies is always by my side. Always for eternity. What does Isaiah want us to take from this passage? I think Isaiah wants us to take security and joy from this passage, which is why verse three is central. It's often not central when you read the passage. It's very easy to, to focus on the first two verses or six and seven. But actually this center of joy is the hub of the passage. It's where the focus is. God wants to fill us with his light, with his joy, with his presence, that we might be light and joy in this world. He wants us to be contagious with his joy. He wants us to be light that transforms the darkness. He wants us to be so secure in his names as wonderful counselor, everlasting father, prince of peace and mighty God, that we are filled with joy and peace. Do you see it? Do you see the connection? When you know who your God is and how powerful he is, when you know how secure you are, when you know that his light through the Holy Spirit can transform you, you will be a contagious Christian. Transforming the darkness, bringing joy where there is hopelessness and fear. Perfect love casts out fear. God wants you to be that kind of Christian. Let's pray.
Lord, fill us with your light. Fill us, Father, with your love. Fill us, Father, with your peace. May we be so secure, Jesus, in who you are, so confident in who you are, that we would know your joy in our lives. So come, Holy Spirit, fill us afresh with your, the light of your presence this morning. Fill us with joy, Lord. Fill us with love and peace that we might shine for you, Jesus. That like Abby, Lord, we might bring light in the darkness this coming week. Put us in situations, Lord, where we will bring light in the darkness. Give us divine appointments this week. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.